Welcome to Remarkable, a podcast about the families all over the world who love someone with Rett syndrome. Justine's two-year-old son, William, has Rett syndrome. Yes, boys can have Rett syndrome too. I was so excited to talk to Justine. Even in our quick chat for the podcast, I was blown away with her positivity and her outlook on living with such a rare diagnosis. Boys with Rett syndrome are often forgotten and the miseducation about the fact that boys can have Rett syndrome still exists. So I am so glad to have Justine on the podcast to represent the boys we love with Rett syndrome. Here's my talk with Justine. So William is currently two. Yes. Um, uh Before his diagnosis, did William show any kind of signs of Rett syndrome? So when William was a baby, he had difficulty feeding, but he came four weeks early. So I kind of chalked it up to him being a little bit premature, but he also had some hypotonia. So he, it took him a long time to gain head control. So those were our first signs. Something wasn't right. Mm. And then at three months old, he got a respiratory virus, which landed him in the ICU and he had to be intubated. And it was a really bad illness and the doctors couldn't figure out why he was so sick with just a simple cold um and so that's kind of what got everybody's wheels turning like something isn't right with um his poor weight gain he was diagnosed then with failure to thrive hypotonia and then severe response to a respiratory infection so at three months old we found out really early that something wasn't right but we just didn't know what it was going to be yet Okay, so when was he finally diagnosed with Rett syndrome? How old so was he? So he was diagnosed at 11 months. So right now yeah. he's two and a half. Yeah. And so from three months on until we got our diagnosis at 11 months, he went, he underwent all the testing. He had MRIs, EEGs, EKGs, mm. um, multiple levels of genetic testing. And so it wasn't until we did the whole exome sequence as an outpatient in December. Um, we were waiting for the test results, and during that period, he got another bad infection and landed in the ICU, mm-hmm. was intubated again. So he um, ended up actually having a cardiac arrest at 11 months old before we even knew his diagnosis, and we had to make the decision to do a tracheostomy, and he was put on a ventilator before we had any clue what was actually wrong. So during his hospitalization, we had been there about 20 days and he had gotten his trach in his vent and his G-tube and we found out his diagnosis and it was just something beyond what we could have ever imagined. Um, Have you heard of Rhett before that day? Was it just a complete surprise to you? Ironically, the way we found out about Rett syndrome, so all of this went down in February of 2018. So when he was in the... ICU when he got his ventilator and his trach in the month before in January, a few friends had shared with me a video from the Today Show. The segment was called Hope for Henry. So it was actually about a boy with Rett syndrome, Richard and Mary Eagle's son. And um, I remember my husband and I sitting and talking that night and he goes, this looks a lot like William. I go, I know, but it's so rare. He's the only boy with Rett syndrome. There's no way William has this too, because we had researched all kinds of disorders. What could William have? Mm -hmm. And so we talked about it and multiple people shared it with us. Like, this looks a lot like William, even kind of his facial features. They had a similar look. And so when the geneticist walked into our hospital room a month later, Mm. handed us the packet of paper and said, William has Rett syndrome. We were shocked and we Mm. looked at each other and said, 
that's hope for Henry. This is what Henry had, and we couldn't believe it. So the only knowledge we knew of Rhett syndrome was actually about a boy. So it was pretty ironic because it's so rare. So awareness help it helps people. Definitely, it? we're so grateful that that story yeah. is out there to spread awareness about Rhett syndrome in general and yeah. to help people who are diagnosed. That hey, I'm not alone. There is somebody else out there because when the doctor tells you this is what your child has, and especially for a boy. I don't even know if they told us there was only 20 boys or something really, really small. Mm. And so I'm like, well, there are other boys out there because I saw it on TV. So then it was, let's research and find other people like us out there. Wow. So how did everybody take that diagnosis? So I think like most people, the diagnosis initially was um, the first 24 hours, it was just research, like Googling <laughs> everything, Google. emailing every doctor, um, when we heard about Hope for Henry, we, you know, looked up which doctors is he seeing? Where is this research being done? You know, shooting emails. And then, um, so it was just a lot of shock. And that was our coping mechanism. Like, let's find out everything we, you know, everything yeah. we can about this syndrome. Because the geneticist walked in the room, handed us a packet of papers, spent about five minutes, didn't show any emotion, kind of like, oh. you're doomed and then left. So we were kind of left on our own with, it was a really horrible way to find out the diagnosis. So we researched, researched, and then I think 24 hours after it was just devastation because um, if you read everything about boys with Rett syndrome, the prognosis is awful. And um, they say, you know, they don't live past two years old and William was already in the ICU. He was already battling a lot of medical complications. So he was 11 months old. We actually had his first birthday party early in the hospital because the staff was like doomed. Like he's not going to make it home for his first birthday. We had conversations about end of life discussions, funerals for my baby. And we had just learned the diagnosis. So after a few days in the hospital, we learned the diagnosis, you know, William was over there smiling and giggling and wiggling. And I'm like, this baby isn't dying. He's living. Okay. Now he has a ventilator. He has a G tube. He's the same boy. We brought him in a few days ago. We've had some challenges. Yes. With the cardiac arrest. Now these new accessories, but we kind of changed our mindset. Like, how are we going to get him home? That was our goal. Let's get him home and we'll see what happens. If we can bring him home for a day, let's bring him home for a day. If we can bring him home for a few months, let's do that. Here we are 15 months after those thoughts and yeah. he's been home for over a year doing great. Wow. You're amazing. I'm not prepared on how amazing you are. <laughs> like, whoa, there's so much I want to ask you about this because you've got such a positive mindset around not only Rett syndrome, but boys with Rett syndrome, because like you said, the stuff that's out there right now is, it's very bleak. Right. Absolutely. Um, but you are here and William is here and you seem to live life so positively. How is William doing today? So William is doing fine. I think that's what we probably all say. <laughs> he's doing yeah. fine. It's, he's, it's, it's a very complicated situation, but every day that he's home and not ill or in the hospital is a big victory for us. So um, some of our biggest challenges is, mm. like I said, he's on the ventilator 24-7. So mm. William is a two-and-a-half-year-old, but he's nearly 40 pounds. So my once 
failure to thrive tiny baby is a little <laughs> chunk of monka now and he depends on us for all of his um he can't roll over sit up by himself stand mm. up so we have to move him and carrying a 40 pound baby with a ventilator strapped to our backs that's a challenge throughout the day and we have a two-story house so getting up oh. and down makes that a little bit hard but we're willing to do that to get him um around the house um and then one of our biggest challenges with william and it's kind of common in boys and i've heard a little bit about girls as they get older but he sleeps a lot so we're not really sure what the sleepiness is about um a few months after his diagnosis we found out he was having hundreds of seizures a day that basically popped up overnight and once his seizure started, he lost control of his hand. So that's when he was lost the ability to play and bad at toys. So managing his seizures, he's on three sedating seizure medicines. Plus you have this weird Rett syndrome sleepy effect. So he sleeps a lot. So one of our biggest challenges is finding that balance between quality of life, like getting him awake to experience everything versus controlling his seizures safely. It's a constant battle and it's like chasing a moving target trying to treat his seizures. Have you had to educate a lot of people about boys with Rett syndrome? I know it's been eye-opening for me in the last few years, especially when I'm making awareness campaigns. I always make sure to tell people that boys can have Rett syndrome too. So has that been the case for you? Well, I really appreciate you doing that because we are kind of the outliers having a boy with Rett syndrome. So the way I like to tell doctors, therapists, friends, family, when I tell them William has Rett syndrome, the best way I can compare it is I say, William having Rett syndrome is like a man having breast cancer. We know mm -hmm. that it happens, but you don't hear the campaigns about it. You know, you see women, you see pink, it's all about the women and breast health and cancer, but there are still men who have to battle breast cancer all the time. So yeah. when we you know, talk about William, that's the best way to put it. Um, it's frustrating because all of the research right now is all for the girls with Rett syndrome due to the number of participants that are available. You know, there's more women diagnosed with Rett syndrome versus mm -hmm. men, but it's hard to, you know, we, our boys only have one X chromosome, so they're usually more severely impacted. That's why we have more problems with the respiratory mm -hmm. problems. Most boys are on ventilators at some point. Um, so it's frustrating because our boys are so sick and we could really benefit from participating in trials and research, but it's just yeah. not there yet. Hopefully with genetic testing being more prevalent, we'll see more people diagnosed, which is yeah. unfortunate, but to grow our awareness and for research purposes. Yeah, because I do wonder about people that are go, going undiagnosed, especially we've heard women being diagnosed in their 40s now just because DNA testing is now available. So I wonder if that's the same for, for males or boys. Absolutely. Um, that they're just, the education for Rett syndrome is not out there. So they just don't match up. Oh, he's got Rett syndrome. They just think it's something else. So have you managed to meet up with any other families um, with boys with Rett syndrome online or offline? It's funny that you asked that because they say boys with Rett syndrome is so rare and there's only, you know, we hear different numbers, 60 boys, 100 boys across mm. the world. And there's actually a boy with Rett syndrome who lives five minutes away from us in our same town. Oh my goodness. So it was wow. shocking. And so his mom and I, 
met up for dinner about two months ago. So we got to share the bond over raising a boy with Rett syndrome. And our boys present very differently clinically, mm -hmm. but you know, we talk a lot about the same struggles and, um, and then we have a small community online where anytime a boy gets diagnosed, we have our own Facebook group, Boys with Rhett. And that's mm -hmm. where a lot of us can chat about boy specific yeah. problems or questions um, that the girls might have not have to deal with. That was another question I was going to ask you. I couldn't think of anything specific, like boy specific to Rhett syndrome that would be different, you know, because I'm so used to talking about girl stuff. Is there anything boy specific about Rhett syndrome that does come up a lot? I don't think there's one particular thing that's just mm. boy related that girls wouldn't see. I do think the respiratory component, a lot of us who have young boys get put on ventilators very young, mm -hmm. where I know some girls do have significant respiratory problems, but you hear more about just breath holding, hyperventilation, where our boys have um, more severe sleep apnea and difficulties. So a lot of our discussions are, okay, what ventilator is he on? What settings? Mm worked um, because there's a lot of shared, you know, concerns with breathing. So I would say the breathing component is probably the more significant thing that we talk about with the young boys. I didn't know that. So it was just yeah. for my benefit and for everybody's benefit to know that. What are William's favorite things to do? So William's favorite thing is going on adventures. So we take him everywhere. That was our goal. When we brought him home with a ventilator and a trach, we're like, this isn't stopping us. We saw online some people keep their kiddos at home for fear of getting infections again, which is a very reasonable fear because there's nothing worse than having to go back to the hospital mm -hmm. and what's going to happen next if they get really sick. But in our mind, there was a risk benefit factor, living in fear and keeping him home home versus taking him out and living the best life we can because we don't know how long we have. So the summer we spent a lot of time on the boat. So we take him out in the middle of the water, with all of our battery packs and um, <laughs> suction and ventilator. His food pump goes right with us. Um, William loves being around other kids. So I have a lot of friends that are you know, all having kids around the same age. So at first it was a little bit difficult because when you see your child and what they are not able to do as the other kids get older, um, it was a little hard, but we decided we still want to be around our friends. We're teaching their kids how to interact with William and William gets to benefit from their crazy antics too. So being around a lot of kids is great for William. He likes to read books, sing songs, any sort of movement thing, um, swing, you know, flying on an airplane on my knees. So he likes wow. to be active. Wow. I need that bravery. You're right. Because we have that fear of catching things, especially in wintertime, that you kind of go, do we bother? But then, like you said, you've got to live this life and you've got to get out there and experience because you don't know, you know, day to day what's going to happen. So you might as well go out there and enjoy things. We don't want to have any regrets saying, oh, we wish we would have been able to do that because we feel yeah. like we were giving a gift to be able to take him home. When we look back at our hospitalization during that major illness, when we found out the diagnosis, when we were preparing for the end of his life, that was like a wake up call for us. Like, okay, what are we going to do? And now we're like, wow, we got all of this time that we didn't think we were going to have. He got 
vacations. Mm-hmm. He's gone on all the holidays. We've celebrated birthdays and the second birthday. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just, and we, you never know what's going to happen. Any of us, something could happen, but That's especially right. when they're so fragile, you know, he can have one bout of illness and we'll be back in the hospital or, you know, it could be it. So we don't want to have any regrets. How have you and your husband coped with the Ritz syndrome diagnosis? Um, so I think initially, like most parents who receive this diagnosis, it was completely devastating. And so we, this is our first child. And so Mm -hmm. you expect all of these things, have all these plans for your child, and then you hear those things aren't going to happen. Mm -hmm. So luckily my husband and I have a great relationship and we have tons of family and friend support. Um, I don't think we could have as positive attitude as we do if we didn't have so many people rallying behind us and encouraging us. And so we kind of made a choice. Okay, we can choose joy, celebrate William for how he is, or we could be miserable and sad and just, why us, poor me, this is terrible. And we decided, well, who's going to want to be around us if we're saying, oh, poor us, look at our sick baby. So we decided we're going to choose joy. And that's kind of our mantra is choose joy when we're having a bad day, okay, how are we going to turn this around? It could be worse, even though we are kind of living our worst case scenario, Mm. but we try to just have a good mindset and a mantra. And another kind of mantra for 2019 we decided to live by was be better, not bitter. And so especially Mm. like I talked about when we're around other kids who are the same age as William, and they're playing soccer or running around the playground and William can't do that. It's like, okay, we're not going to be bitter about this. What can William do? You know, we get to, William only experiences love from us. We never get frustrated with him. We never have to yell at him. So that's a big positive because, you know, he's only experiencing joy and love from us, which is the best gift we could give him. And how many other people can say that? Oh, I've never been frustrated with my child or mad at my child. So that's, one positive we can find about, um, you know, helping William through his life. Um, another way we decided to cope, and this was more my husband, but we started a nonprofit organization. My husband's a doer. So when we were sitting in the hospital and, you know, day after day for three and a half months, he was like, I have to do something. Um, So he decided to start a nonprofit and it's called the Warrior William Project. And our mission is raising money for research. So we are huge proponents for research, even if it is just supporting the girls right now. One day boys will be included and we're getting William's name attached to Rett syndrome and all the other boys. So we do think there will be a cure someday so mm-hmm. other families won't have to experience this. Even if it's not in William's lifetime, down the road, we think it's super important that other parents won't have to face the struggles that we do. You guys are amazing. We're really, we're just normal people trying to find the best, uh, <laughs> the best outlook that we can. Wow. I think I saw on your Facebook page you had an event So with the Warrior William Project, one of our big fundraisers is a fishing tournament. It's called Fishing for Warriors. So my husband is an avid hunter and fisherman. So that was his way to organize um, our event. So that'll be coming up at the end of September, and it's a bass tournament. So we have a lot of vendors who donated products for prizes, and all of the money raised will go to Rett Syndrome Research and to help other families who are coping with 
diagnosis of a child with a significant mm -hmm. illness. So whether they need some assistance, some equipment, um, some funds, we will be able to give to those families too. Wow. That is, that's incredible. And I will leave a link up somewhere so that Great. people can find out more about it. Even um, if they're listening to this podcast after the fact, I would love for them to go see what you're doing because it sounds like you're doing amazing work. Um, not only, you know, for yourself, but for the, the, the community, the Rett syndrome community and the rare disorders community where you are. So thank you so much for doing that. Well, thank you for helping us promote it and share. What are your hopes for William? So my hope for William is to feel nothing but love. So mm -hmm. in his life, what do we want? I don't want him to experience any pain. I want him to just feel love and joy and to know that he has so many people out there who love him, who haven't even met him. Um, we are really big into sharing William's story on social media. That was a way for us to cope during his hospitalization. And it kind of just started to share for family and friends when he was sick or going through our pre-diagnosis testing period. It helped me kind of get the information out there like something's up. Um, we don't know what help us pray for us, you know, mm -hmm. and guide us through everything. So there's, tons of people out there who know, know about William and his story and they message me like wow you guys are great for taking him out there and giving him the best life um, and that's one of our big things when we share everything about William and on his adventures and where we go it's to give others hope that you can still live a happy life even with you with having a child with complex medical needs so our hope for William is that he just has fun feels love and is in no pain what advice can you give other families, um, especially the families with boys with Rett syndrome? My biggest advice would be find your tribe of support. So the reason we can have such a good attitude and outlook on life is because we have a lot of family, a lot of friends, and we have help in our home with nursing care to help take care of William. So that means we can get sleep and function and be happy because mm -hmm. that's a huge problem. Raising children with medical needs, if you don't have help and you're sleep deprived, it makes you go crazy. So having help is huge. And don't give up hope. You read something online, there, uh, all of the literature out there about boys with Rett syndrome specifically, it's kind of outdated and not really relevant to the picture you see. Every boy is different. Some boys can walk, some boys can talk, some boys can eat by mouth, some boys can't, and they have ventilators and they have G-tubes. But it's such a wide spectrum that if you get your diagnosis and you're like feeling doom and gloom like we were and this is it, don't, don't feel like that. Figure out your child, what your child needs, make a plan for your family, how are you going to maximize their life and live it. Wow. You could probably hear how inspired I was by Justine. There were a lot of silent woes and moments where I just couldn't form words. Thank you, Justine, for sharing your time with me through the podcast. If you would like to find out more about William, I will leave their link to their Instagram and Facebook pages in the episode notes. But I am looking at their My Warrior William Instagram feed right now. And oh my goodness, I want to steal him. So handsome. And I admire Justine and her husband's love of life and love of William's life. I'd love for you to let people know that boys can have Brett syndrome too. So please share this podcast episode. 
head over to our Instagram and Facebook posts about our boys. Let's spread awareness about Rett Syndrome and the boys with Rett Syndrome that we love so much. Wherever you are in your Rett Syndrome adventure, or if you're listening to this podcast to learn more about Rett Syndrome, thank you for listening.